Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is Friday afternoon. Work is done. All you got to do now is wait, enjoy some family time, hopefully some cold beverages throughout this weekend, and wait for the 49ers to play the Miami Dolphins this weekend. And this episode is designed to get you everything you need to know beyond everything you need to know. I got six pages of notes to get through today. This is our scouting report, predictions, keys to the games, matchups, everything you need to know. Um, by far my favorite episode of the week, just because, again, you just dive in. And the greatest thing about the NFL or sports in general is throughout the regular season, even whenever you're coming off one of the worst games of the year, and the 49ers are, you get another shot. The 49ers are at 500, okay? Uh, definitely not where anybody wanted to be, but the injury bug is finally starting to wash away a little bit. Uh, for the first time of the 2020 NFL season, all 11 projected starters on offense will be starting. All 11. So we're going to be going over, you know, injury report for us, for them, history of the Dolphins versus the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> Dan Marino says hi. Uh, and we're going to go through all that stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff to get to. So here we go. Let's talk briefly. Shout out to the Countdown crew. Absolutely loving it, man. Uh, we've got a lot of people, a lot of high energy in here already. And yeah, it is a day early. Uh, we've got a very busy Saturday at home for the Chapman family, so I had to get this out today. Tomorrow's going to be bananas, but that's okay. Uh, not a bad thing. Um, just did a little extra work this morning, and here we go. We're, we're here. So again, <laughs> Jeremy says, getting that hashtag CC in time is stressful. Don't worry. We add a full minute on top of it. Uh, appreciate the energy, Jer uh, Jeremy. And again, we've got a giveaway coming next week. We're doing a mid-month giveaway this week because we already gave away the autographed Joe Montana, but that was in honor of the 300th episode. This is 303? Yeah, this is 303. So um, there we are. Uh, so I appreciate everybody. I love it. Here we go. So the Dolphins so far, they're one and three. They're not a good football team, but they are on the rebound. Okay, they've beat the Jaguars 31 to 13. That was a huge win on Thursday night where Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out there and looks like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But then they lost to the Patriots by 10, lost to the Bills by three. And then last week, the Seahawks, which was a super close game, um, Seahawks ended up winning by eight. And what we find with this team, which we'll dive into the offensive defense in depth, but just general, you know, you step back and you look at the entire organization. Brian Flores is doing a hell of a job. They have a lot of draft capital. You know, they completely fleeced Bill O'Brien and got two first and a second round pick. Um, sorry, three first and a second round pick for uh, Larry Tunzel. So, you know, completely just took advantage of him. Thank God Bill O'Brien's finally out of the NFL. Now he can't help the rest of the NFC West against us. He helped all three of the teams in that division. Never helped us, unfortunately. I wish we would have took advantage of that, but I'm glad he's gone. One, he's a terrible uh, coach, treats people awful, um, and just bad. He's just a bad guy for the NFL. Um, so glad that he is gone. Now, let's talk a little bit about the 49ers injuries before we jump all in on the Dolphins because there's a lot there. And we got to start out with the positive, okay? So here we go. Our quarterback, baby, 
Our quarterback, Jimmy G, the handsome man himself, he is back. Here's the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. A good job. I mean, each day it got better. Um, never felt too sore the next day, so um, we needed to hear that today and see him out there today, and we feel good to go, and he'll be starting Sunday. That's what you needed to hear. It's so funny, you know, my bookie and all of the different prop betters and all the different online wagering stuff, they didn't have, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> I've never seen them wait to put out the spread so late. Usually they want to get it out early just to encourage early betting. But no, they were so scared, they waited until Jimmy started two different practices and then, you know, the wire came in at negative nine. The 49ers are favored by nine points here. Uh, which is a lot. But, you know, what's crazy is, so Jimmy Garoppolo's good. He's good to go. There's been a couple leaked clips out there on YouTube from practice today. He looks just fine. He doesn't look like he's limping. He looks out there. But, NFL, <laughs> quarterbacks get hit. And if you play for the 49ers, you get hit more than anybody else. We are dead last in the NFL in quarterback hits. The 49ers have allowed 40 quarterback hits through four weeks. That's 10 hits a game. Way too many. Kyle Shanahan went on, and they asked him, man, who's going to be the backup this week? And Kyle Shanahan threw a curveball, and he said, CJ. CJ Beathard is going to be the number two. Nick Mullins is going to be the number three. And, man, I don't think there's anybody that loves Nick Mullins more than Kyle Shanahan. But whenever he was talking about their relationship and the history, because, again, if you want to go back to, you know, CJ was the backup, for the longest time, whenever you know Garoppolo went down with his injury against the Chiefs in 28, uh, 2018, it was CJ for a long time. Then CJ got hurt against the Raiders. That's when Nick came in, and Nick just dominated, right? That was the 34-3 massacre, I believe. Uh, faithful to the Bay, they are not. Get the hell out of here. Um, but anyway, having said all of that, uh, Kyle Shanahan went in in detail. This is a little bit of a longer clip, but I thought it was incredible that just the insight to the history between these two guys and what it means to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, it's always tough to deliver to any of those guys, um, but I, but I do I, I think Nick understands the situation, understands the business. I mean, it's it sounds dreadful and the end of the world to probably to a normal person and anyone who cares about Nick. Um, but I try to put it in perspective with Nick. I mean, he, he didn't have his best game. Um, CJ's been there before. Jimmy's been there before. Um, Nick just had a rough game, and I think he played better than it looked. It's never as bad as it seems, um, but that's kind of the life of a backup. You know, CJ, I thought, did some real good things for us, uh, played through a number of games injured, uh, couldn't go one night versus Oakland, and Nick came in and seized his opportunity, and um, CJ hasn't gotten a chance since then because of that. Uh, it's kind of regardless of what goes on in practice. Um, when you're real, when two guys are capable and they both are pretty close in different ways, uh, it's kind of tough to earn that spot in practice and really tough if you don't have a preseason games and rarely get in like they did last year. They never really got in. So um, Nick understands CJ had a bit, has been through that since that Oakland game and um, CJ came in and played well. And I know Nick's happy um, for CJ because they're close and respect each other. Um, and Nick's not going to make too big a deal of it, but next time he ever gets this opportunity, he'll, he'll be ready. And so that's great. You, you, you're giving, you're assuring confidence, you're doing all of those things, but the idea that, you know, you have this idea of, you know, who's going to help our team win the best, and the thing that stood out to me is whenever Kyle Shanahan said, Nick Mullins has never had a terrible performance like he did and rebound from it. And that's why we're going with CJ. We've seen CJ have bad games, rebound, whatever else. The psyche of a quarterback or cornerback is huge. And for Kyle Shanahan, that's a big deal. You can look back at Matt Breida, who we're going to be seeing this week. Whenever he had that stretch where he fumbled three times and five touches, sometimes there gets to this point, this you know sports psychology break where the coach or the quarterback or whomever is just, it's done. The relationship is done. The trust factor is gone. Now, I don't think it's to that point with Nick, but I think that this season, you don't want to go with a losing record and be two and three. So why not go with the safe bet? Because you don't know how Nick Mullins is going to respond to one being benched. Um, two, you know, his last play out there was a pick six 
right? So there's just too much there. So go ahead and let them just rest. Let them chill. Uh, we, we did the same thing with uh, Verrett last year as well. He goes out there for four plays, gets torched twice, and they just say, you know what? We're just going to sit you for the rest of the year. We're just going to put you on the back burner. We don't want to do any more damage. You just sit. We'll get you back whenever you're fully healthy and fully ready to go, and that's paid dividends. So the, the idea of protecting your players is huge, uh, not physically, but sometimes emotionally. It's a big deal. Um, and allowing them to kind of get back to health mentally and build that confidence back up. And you got to remember, Jimmy Garoppolo's 22-6 and six as a starter. He's 22-6. and six. You look at Kyle Shanahan's record, guess what? He's 25-27 and 27 over the four years that he's been with the 49ers. Most of his wins have come with Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a huge difference between those guys. There's no doubt about that. Now, also, uh, some guys that we got back. Dre Greenlaw is a full go. He, he does not carry any injury designation whatsoever. Amazing news. Again, the depth that is provided there is awesome. So you, you got to love that. Jimmy Gray, and I see uh, MK Green. How do you feel about the prodigal son, uh, St. Jimothy, returning? Oh, man. I feel like I've been blessed. So I'll stay with your St. Jimothy thing. This is such great news. And again, first time, first time in 2020 that we have all of our starters. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played with Brandon Ayuk yet. He hasn't played with Debo. <laughs> like, there, there's so much there. He had Kittle, but that was it. Now, some out players. Let's go to the negative. Number 27 is out with the groin. He will not be out there. Mosley is out with the concussion for the second straight week. Um, that, that concussion's looming for a long time. He just he has not got out of the first phase of concussion protocol. Um, so it, now you're into, man, uh, it's getting into trouble zone. Um, you know, a lot of experience with concussions firsthand and as a coach. Um, yeah, it, it, everybody responds differently. Um, it, it's not just a, you know, copy and paste concussion. This is what happens. It's not. Um, sometimes the results linger for a long time. It causes major problems. Um, so anyway, hopefully Mosley's going to be okay. Better safe than sorry. I love how that is controlled by the NFL. There's no fast forwarding through that thing. Uh, it's very clear defined how your uh, eyesight headaches, everything responds. I love how the NFL has adjusted that. Kwan Williams, um, knee and hip. He's going to be going on IR. Um, you know, we weren't sure how bad the knee sprain was. Is it going to be a one to two week thing? Looks like it's going to be about a month. So we're going four weeks without a starting nickel. We haven't done that with Kwan Williams since he broke his arm on special teams, uh, way back in the day. So, uh, that's going to be a huge issue. So the offense looks like it's finally healthy defense still taking some major breaks. I mean, that's three corners. We just listed that are out and Sherman is still out as well. So our top four cornerbacks are all out. Um, I don't know if you want to put number 27 in our top four, but our top three corners, all three starting corners, both outside and nickel are out. Um, and, you know, a backup number 27 as well. Questionable. Uh, Mostert, he practiced every day this week with his knee. He's going to be a go. Akello Witherspoon, his hamstring, he practiced every day this week. He's going to be a go. And Debo Samuel, he's going to be out there. Now, Here's the thing with Debo, okay, and I, I think it's very important. He is out with sickness, okay? He has an illness. Kyle Shanahan talked um, about it and basically said this. You know, he doesn't have any symptoms, okay? Um, he doesn't have any symptoms at all. And so he, his body was a little achy, which usually you have to be pretty safe with flu-like symptoms because it spreads so fast. Kyle even referenced how I think there were 17 49ers sick in one of the Monday, Monday night games last year. But with COVID, you got to take extra precautions. Now, Debo has not had a positive COVID test whatsoever. Um, and if he does get another negative test, which um, he's had back-to-back -back negative tests, if he gets another negative test tomorrow on Saturday, then he's fully cleared. But Debo's been in every single positional meeting with Zoom, team meetings, all those things. He knows the playbook just fine, um, and he practiced on Wednesday. Um, so, you know, he practiced Wednesday, got symptoms, missed Thursday, missed Friday. He should be able to be back Saturday for the walkthrough, and it's a home game too, which is huge. And it's an afternoon game, which also helps as well. Um, you know, usually in the morning, sometimes those illness, illnesses can linger a little bit. By the afternoon, he should be just fine. So, a lot of added <laughs> firepower. And Akello, this is where we're at. 
It's going to be Jason Verrett and Akella Witherspoon starting, which Amar Taylor, who's never started in the NFL, he's only played one game his entire career now uh, with the 49ers. Now he's going to be the starting nickel. So definitely secondary is weak, but we'll have to see what happens. Now let's talk about the Dolphins, okay? They're not peachy either. They just had to put their first round pick, number 18 overall, their left tackle, Austin Jackson out of USC, on IR for a foot today. And it's possible this is a season-ending IR. So it's not just a three-week thing. And he went on today. You know, they they thought he was going to be just fine this week. They were hoping his foot would respond. Now it looks like there's going to be some ligament issues in there from a few reports I read. This is huge because they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody at tackle. So they have two plans in place, and neither option is good. Number one, you call up Julian Davenport, which is a below-grade replacement tackle um, who was on the 49ers radar, actually, whenever we lost school in McGlinchey last year. Um, <laughs> Julian Davenport was kind of the best option out there. Miami beat us to him, but he's on their practice squad. He is not a quality tackle in the NFL at all. So, one, you call him up from the practice squad, and now he's your starting left tackle. Or two, you move your right tackle, Jesse Davis, who is starting right tackle for the Dolphins now, move him to left tackle. Then you move your rookie, Robert Hunt, who I really liked at guard. I didn't grade him as a tackle. Uh, he is very athletic, but, man, he is heavy in the pants. Um, and so move him to right tackle. So they practice both of those scenarios. My guess is it's going to be Julian Davaport at left tackle. If he struggles, then they'll flip the entire offensive line around. They're not going to have continuity. And so, yeah, we're out Nick Bosa, obviously. Uh, we're out D Ford. They're out their left tackle, who was their best, and he was promising already. A lot of people that graded uh, Austin Jackson said, you know, he's a year or two, he'll be a perfect starter. Nope. He came out firing game one. Huge loss there. Shaq Lawson, their defensive end, probably one of their better defensive ends. He's out. Their tight end, Durham Smythe, he is out as well. So they're missing their number two. They're missing their number one defensive end. Um, just like us, where our, our number two tight end's out, our number one defensive end's out. Um, now, obviously, our you know injuries are far more <laughs> greater than theirs, but that's okay. Uh, wide receiver, Jakeem Grant, he's their shifty slot guy which would be going against Jamar Taylor almost exclusively this game. He's questionable. Um, both stud corners for them are back finally. Um, Byron Jones, who they signed and paid gigantic money uh, from Dallas, brought him over, and Xavier Howard. They're going to have them both this game. And, you know, I hate to say it, probably the best cornerback tandem in the entire NFL. Like, if you're just looking at the one-two outside corners, it's hard to find anybody that's better than that. Um Xavier Howard, I think, is incredible. Probably one of the best man corners in the NFL. Uh, obviously, Stephon Gilmore. There's you know people you'd put up there, Tredavious White. But you're talking about, I would put Byron Jones and Xavier Howard both in kind of that top eight NFL cornerbacks. So there's a lot of talent there, and the matchups are going to be fun as hell because you're going to have Debo and Brandon Ayuk against two very physical great cornerbacks so that's going to be fun and to get the connections going even more because there's so many here okay you got chris kusarek came over from there you got Dion jordan they just got matt Breida, right well guess who they just called up from the practice squad none other than salvan ahmed <laughs> we had um on our roster and we cut after he got a case of the fumbles the connections are there um, you got the Harvard connection with Kyle Juszczyk and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, college teammate is one of the backup players for, I mean, it just goes on and on. So there's a lot of tie-ins between these two teams that are, you know, worlds apart. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was coached by Brian Flores whenever he was with, uh, the, the Patriots. I, you just go on and on. Uh, now, a lot of NFL teams have a lot of layover and continuity, and you know you can do the seven degrees to Kevin Bacon. This one is it's uncanny. <laughs> There's a lot of tie-ins. There really, really are. Now, um, here we go. I want to share another review. I, I freaking love doing these, man. This one comes from uh, on iTunes. Again, go to iTunes, type in 49ers Rush Podcast, scroll down to the bottom, click review, leave a review, five-star. Tell us how you became uh, enshrined, brought in, incorporated, assimilated into the faithful. 
And this one comes all the way from across the pond, baby. Rupert from Scotland. Love this guy. Listen to this story. A quick note to say how great your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that, uh, Rupert. He lives in Scotland, United Kingdom, and has been a 49ers fan since the early 80s. When my dad visited San Francisco and brought me back a 49ers t-shirt. Sometimes that's all it takes. Buy your kids t-shirts, guys. <laughs> get them jackets. Get them jerseys. Get them hats. It makes a difference. Um, buy them jerseys. Good Lord. Um, anyway, back to Rupert. Back then, the United Kingdom only got one hour of NFL a week, um, and it was six days after the games. Oh, that's rough. But my passion for the sport led me to be a captain on the Great Britain University, uh, GB University American football team in the early 90s. Man, love it. I'm curious what position he played. Um, love being connected to the Niners news and analysis from across the pond. Keep up the great work. Man, how cool is that from Scotland? The international community. I looked. We had 27 different countries download or listen to the 49ers Rush podcast last episode. Uh, that was 27 different countries. It's incredible. The faithful around the world, it, it, it's, it's deep. Um, and I think that's a testament to our fan base. A freaking t-shirt. Got this kid in Scotland, uh, and he's still with us. Man, I freaking love it. Thanks, Rupert. Really appreciate the support and the story. Thank you for sharing. Now, the history of the 49ers and uh, Dolphins, they haven't played that many times. Just 13 times. Dolphins actually lead the series 7-6. to six. Uh, Hopefully, we'll even that up this week. But they haven't played since 2016. And the Dolphins have won three out of the last four, despite being one of the worst franchises for the past 20 years. Now, you can go all the way back to Super Bowl twenty nine, one of the greatest games of all time. You know, Dan Marino's rookie year gets to the Super Bowl. Who would have guessed it was going to be his last time to ever get there? 49ers blow him out 38-16. to 16. <laughs> That's hilarious to me. Uh, it, it's just funny to me. Uh, you never know. And, you know, if you could take anything away from that game, the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl in 2019, come up short. Nothing's guaranteed. <laughs> a lot of a, a lot of pundits and analysts and you know whatever predicted the 49ers to be back not saying we won't be back just saying it's nothing's guaranteed injuries happen you know circumstances change and things can take a turn ask dan marino but i think we're going to be okay um let's see here from raymond real quick question what do you think about raheem we have a big difference in the running game he will be out there yes I really think that they're going to swap series. It'd be 1A, 2B with Raheem and Jarek McKinnon, who's played great. He's it, Jarek's been great, but he's not Raheem. Nobody's Raheem. He's the fastest running back in the NFL by far. Uh, he's got the top three speeds, I think, um, this year with the ball at his hands already. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. And Kyle Shanahan even talked about this, Raymond, where the problem the last two games were the running game's been effective. We're averaging over four yards to carry. But the reason, the problem is we've lacked the explosives. The 49ers offense is designed to get explosive plays. We haven't gotten those. A lot of that was quarterback play, and a lot of that was loaded boxes. But now that you've got a quarterback back, and you've got Debo, Ayuk, Kittle back, that's going to soften things up for the run game. It's a, it's a perfect storm, if you will, with how we're going to be able to establish exactly how we get these explosives. Because every single play is designed to go to the house. That's how we call it. Now, we're going to be going against the Miami defense. What are they good at? What are they bad at? Okay, strengths. Again, our 20 statistical categories for each offense and defense. Here's what they're good at. They're second best in the NFL against fourth downs. They've only allowed one out of five fourth down attempts to be successful. This is the Dolphins' defense, okay? Uh, sixth enforced fumbles. Ninth fewest passing... Or, touchdowns um with six they've only allowed six and then 12th fewest points with 96 points so close to the average but that's it those are the only top graded things or positive rated um out of their defensive statistical categories they're giving up right at you know 32 points a game so weaknesses there's a lot okay their defense is really not that great not that consistent They've allowed the most pass yards per attempt, 8.2 yards per pass attempt. Very, very bad. Dead last in the NFL. 30th in rushing touchdowns. They allowed seven in four games. 28th in pass yards, 1,100 passing yards. 27th in total yards. 25th in most first downs allowed, 100. They're allowing 25 first downs a game. 
So what we're seeing from Miami's defense, and again, you have to remember, this is Brian Flores, who came over from the Patriots with defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, who again, 12 years straight as the Patriots cornerback coach, right? Bend, but don't break. You can go back to Matt Patricia if you want to. They don't care about yards. They don't care. Once things get into the red zone, it's time to buckle down. They play a lot of man coverage with their corners, and rightfully so. They're so damn good. And again, look at the blueprint for the Patriots. Their job is not to specialize in defensive pass rush and all that. They don't care about that. They care about secondary. Okay, They want corners, and they want safeties, and they have them. So they want to focus on the back end and force the quarterback to make difficult throws. That's kind of what they do. Now, they do a hybrid defense where... 4-3 is kind of their base package, but they will they'll 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 be 4-3 um whole sequence and then the next time out they'll be in a 3-4. And then whenever it's going to be a short down, a short yardage third down, they'll do a 6-1 gap stop defense where you basically have your four defensive linemen, then you walk up your two linebackers on the outside like you would with the 3-4. But you're going to have six defensive linemen, essentially, one in each gap. you got five linemen, right? You're stacking every single gap with just a one free runner at linebacker. And so you're plugging the gaps, and you're just allowing your linebacker to just clean up. That's the idea. And they'll do that with man coverage on the outside. So <laughs> the middle of the field is wide open. And what they're essentially saying is we want you to throw it and we got six guys coming after your quarterback. Uh, and we got man coverage on the outside because we can put our corners on an island because they're so damn talented. Well, that causes problems for the offense. But if you can block it correctly, which has been a big problem for the 49ers, play action pass, if you get the ball off quick, great things can happen. Um, and if they do that, that does mean a lot of man coverage for George Kittle. Now, George Kittle's going to be going up against Eric Rowe. Um, that matchup's going to be all game. He's he's going to be all over George Kittle. Now, I don't care who the hell you are. I'm picking Kittle over Superman, um, which we don't have to do that because Superman, guess what? He's our quarterback. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I love it. I, I see the Sergio all hell Jimmy G spot. Uh, appreciate that, sir. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. Now, tendencies... Here's the deal. They don't blitz much, and whenever they do, it's usually against mobile quarterbacks. So in the four games that they played so far, here's their blitz totals on defense, talking about the Dolphins, obviously. They played the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson. They blitz 14 times. Then they go against the Jags, right? Minshew, he doesn't move around too much, seven times. Bills, Josh Allen, mobile, 16 blitzes. Go back to the Patriots, Cam Newton, mobile quarterback, eight. So it seems like they're not on the heavy end of the blitz thing they want to stay with their base personnel um and even though it looks like they're blitzing sometimes they don't uh sometimes the linebackers that they walk up into both outside gaps or what we would call a ghost nine in our defense they'll be lined up like they're going to go they'll take one to two hard steps and then peel back sometimes as well and go back to this traditional four three we do a similar thing with Quan and fred warner where we walk them up into the a gaps right on top of the center looking like they're going to blitz and then they bail out so not a super blitz-heavy team. Um, when we look at players to watch out for or to, like, you know, whatever, there's no starter with a grade over 71 on their defense from pro football focus. They're not good. They, they don't execute the plan very well. But the corners are for real. Just to put this in there, the two highest-paid players on the Dolphins are the two corners, Saving Howard and Byron Jones. They count for $30 million against the cap this year. Um, th that's where their money's going. Quality defensive line. There is some depth there, but nobody's really been significant. Emmanuel Ogba, who they brought over, he's pretty good. He can get some penetration. Uh, Christian Wilkins from Clemson, very quality, kind of, you know, really, really good at almost everything, not great at anything. And Raekwon Davis as well. So some big names, but again, the production just hasn't been there. It really, really hasn't. Now, players you could exploit. Ah, there's a lot of them. Um, the rookie cornerback out of Auburn, they got in the second round, Noah Igbenyanehe, try to get me to say that one again. Um, he has filled in for Byron Jones when he's been out. He's been trash. Now, he does play some out of the nickel, and he's very, very physical. 
but he has been torched so far in the start of 2020. 22 targets, he's allowed 14 receptions, 280 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no passes defense. So curious to see if we go after him a little bit whenever he's out there in the slot. We'll have to see. Uh, rookie safety, Brandon Jones, who I like a lot out of Texas. You know, I followed him since Nacogdoches High School. Um, just hell of a player, great kid, but zero ball skills. He's essentially an extra linebacker out there. He does not have an interception ever uh, in four years starting for the University of Texas. Uh, pass breakups just aren't his thing. He's usually where he's supposed to be. But again, 11 targets this year towards Brandon Jones for 11 catches and one touchdown. So there are definitely some people you can take advantage of in this. They do suffer from a lot of missed tackles. Um, you know, Kyle Van Noy, who... New England, again, bringing everybody over. He's got a lot of missed tackles, and he can blitz very well. He's one of the best blitzing linebackers in the past decade, but coverage, suspect. Um, tackling open field, suspect. So, you know, you're talking about end of rounds with Debo, with Ayuk. You're talking about Jarek McKinnon, you know, Kittle. There's going to be some missed tackles that are going to get broken for some big games. It's going to have to. It's, it's going to happen. Um, it's just designed to be that way. And it's almost the mentality of the Miami defensive coordinator to be okay with that because the personnel that they have in there, there's just missed tackles everywhere. Um, my matchup to watch on this side is going to be George Kittle versus Eric Rowe, as I said. It's going to be so fun. And, you know, George Kittle was asked this yesterday about problems with the run game in third down, which I think are going to be so freaking key. Um, and this is George Kittle talking about what it's going to be like out there on third downs and how the run game is going to improve. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that when we're playing at our best, we're the best run run game team in you know in the football, and so we have not lived up to you know my standards or our team's standards, and so um, you know I think we're just going to get back to you know we have to be better on third down so we get more plays and we get more run opportunities. So I mean that's kind of where the start is. It's hard when you just go three and out and you only get one or two run plays a series and you can't really run the ball, you know, 20 to 30 times. It's tough. So um, we got to be better on third down so we can, you know, have more runs. And then you know, that's really just a big part of it because you can't really, you know, do your whole game plan when you're just doing three and out. So I think as long as we continue to move the ball, we continue to be on the field, our run game is just going to improve uh, because we are a really good run run team. And, you know, from our tackles, guard, center, and, you know, I think our combo blocks between tight ends and tackles is incredible. So, uh, you know, we'll be running the ball again, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, the fact that he threw out there, we have to get to 20 to 30 rushes, and we can't do that when we're not sustaining drives. But the fact that Nick Mullins is no longer out there, I, I think that's going to help a lot. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, fewest three and outs in 2019. You can't mention how great that stat is because it changes everything. Helps your defense, helps your running game. Gets their defense tired, builds chemistry, builds confidence, calms everybody down. Hard to blitz it whenever you're constantly getting first downs. It's the little bitty things. Three and outs are huge. And you can almost always tie uh, no three and outs to high rush attempts. It, it, it all feeds together. It's complimentary football. And I think Kittle, you know, he explained that. You grasp the concept and it makes sense. Run the football successfully. Get, keep going on third downs. Great things happen. Now let's go to their offense. And again, not that good. <laughs> um, uh, strengths, weaknesses, we'll, we'll go through the whole spill again. So what are they good at? What are the Miami Dolphins good at on offense? They haven't lost one fumble. Zero fumbles lost through four games. That's best in the NFL, obviously. You can't be better than that. Uh, but that's it. After that, you drop all the way down to ninth best is their next statistical category. Ninth most first downs, 96. Ninth best third down conversion rate. Now, this is huge. This is a huge matchup, right? They're 46.9% on third downs. That's all their quarterback. Um, they want to keep the ball in their quarterback's hand on ninth down. Uh, on ninth down, third down. The hell's ninth down? Uh, <laughs> my brain exploded there. The idea is this. Whether Fitzpatrick's running, they want to roll him out. They want to let him make decisions. They trust him with the ball, which is crazy to say with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, and it's kind of tell of two cities with him. And we'll talk about that here in a second because he's either the best player on the field or the worst. He's never average. 
and we've seen that through four games so far. Now, weaknesses, there's a lot of them, okay? 26th out of 32 teams for interceptions, only five interceptions on the year, okay? Um, let's see here. 26th in passing touchdowns, four. So they've thrown five interceptions. They've thrown four touchdowns. They're at a negative interception to touchdown ratio on an offense. That, that's not good. You're not going to win a lot of games doing that. Uh, we know that from a freaking uh, three-turnover game last week. 24th in the NFL in points, 93 points total. They've scored 23rd in total yards, 23rd in yards per rush, and it goes on and on. From there, it's all kind of 16 to 20 ranks uh, where they're kind of average at a lot of things. But again, this team is hot or it's cold. They're, they're great and they're put up points and they're frustrating defenses or it's almost laughable how bad they can get. It, we saw, and now the, the, here's the bad news. Okay, let's look at this. We saw the same damn thing with Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> you copy and paste it. They're a team that's bad, but they have people that when they're on, you got to watch out. Same thing. The exact same thing here with the Dolphins. Now, their scheme, their offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, who, you know, head coach with the Bills uh, for a long time, head coach with the Cowboys, right? Did all that, bounced around everywhere. Um and basically what he's going to do, he loves to run the football, um, but he does a little bit of every type of scheme. There's some power running, there's some zone running, there's some gap blocking, there's some traps, there's all kinds of different stuff. They do motion, but not like the 49ers, obviously. Uh, what you're going to see probably 25 times in this game, whenever I was watching film on them, their number two or number three wide receiver, whoever the inside receiver is, is going to motion to the center and back haphazardly just to check if the linebackers are in man. That's about the only thing they do with their motions. You're going to see it so many times, it gets boring. It's funny because the way that they teach their wide receivers to go in motion is to do it haphazardly, to do it like you don't care. Uh, you know, when the 49ers go in motion with Debo or Ayuk or whoever, we're freaking sprinting and all this kind of stuff and then going back and two players motioning. Nope, this looks like a poorly coached JV football team tried to do motions. Um, they literally are just trying to figure out if the nickel safety or linebackers in man coverage, uh, which we don't do that very often. So I don't know, maybe they'll save us <laughs> seeing that, but they don't really, they're not, they don't hang their hat on any one play or scheme design. They are literally just a buffet of different schemes across the NFL. Uh, they kind of throw it all together. Tendencies. Um, you know, a couple things I picked up, they throw on first down a lot. 49ers, one of the least amount of passing teams on first down, which I hate. Um, I, I truly believe in throwing on first down, running on second down, but this team, absolutely not 61% of the time they throw it on first and 10. That's a lot. That's a lot, a lot on third downs. Guess what? 65% they throw the ball on third downs and they like to air the ball out. And whenever it's a key situation, they want to leave it in their quarterback's hand. Now, Devontae Parker last year was targeted 30 times on third down alone. He's their go-to. It's Mike Gusecki, and it's Devontae Parker. Um, those are the two guys that they want to throw the ball to. Um, we'll do some zone read stuff with their quarterback. Yep, your ears perk up whenever you say zone read now. The 49ers are the worst in the NFL in covering it. Um, but hopefully, we finally figure it out. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a mobile quarterback. You need to understand that. He's not like Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson, whatever. He just wants a first down. That's all he wants. He's not going for the giant chunks of yards, which if you give it to him, he'll take it. He is tough as hell, and he will not slide. If it's third and three, you're going to have to knock the shit out of him, pardon my French, uh, to get him down. He He's tough as his beard, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, what it is. Now, typically, however, and it's different on third down, they get the ball out super quick. They've only been sacked four times this year through four games. That's it. Um, you know, Pro Football Focus has only attributed one sack to an offensive lineman on their whole team. The other three sacks, they put on Ryan Fitzpatrick himself. So um, they, they do pretty good. Now, that's going to change without their left tackle for sure, but they get their quarterback, they get the ball out quick. Their quarterback's only been hit 13 times. 49ers QBs, 40 Played the same amount of games. It's a quick pass, quick read, get the ball out, lots of outs, lots of slants. It's just quick, 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 quick. 
Okay, now players to watch out for. I already mentioned a couple. Devontae Parker, he's got an 82% catch rate, um, and they're not short passes for him either. Uh, he gets deep passes. His average depth of target's pretty legit. Uh, 15 first down receptions already through four games. He's their go-to player. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's talk about him for a sec. He's a mess. Um, I call him the Bryant, or sorry, the Russell Westbrook of football. And here's what I mean by that. Russell Westbrook is the best player on the court or the absolute worst player on the court. I, I, I get that he averaged a triple-double for a season. Whatever. That's fine. And if you're not a basketball player, that's okay. Just hang with me. This analogy is almost over. You don't know who you're going to get. Who is he? Um, again, you look at that Jacksonville Jaguars game. The dude looked like an MVP. It was incredible what he did. So if you look at weeks three and four, okay, just this year, he goes four touchdowns, zero interceptions in those games with an additional rushing touchdown, by the way. So five touchdowns, zero interceptions. But if you look at weeks one and four, zero passing touchdowns, five interceptions. It's hot and cold, man. And you're going to know right away <laughs> he's on or he's off. That's it. That's all there is to it. So you have to make him uncomfortable. Now, how do you do that? The way that you do that is you don't blitz or you blitz with just one. What Ryan Fitzpatrick struggles with is whenever he doesn't have a quick go-to route and then he tries to make something happen. You want him to try to make something happen uh, because whenever he does, he will throw 50-50 balls like nobody's business. Then you got to go get the ball. Now, you look at our secondary, yeah, we don't have a lot of interception-causing players. Jimmy Ward, uh, Jaquaski Tart, they attributed zero interceptions last year. Tart's got one this year after at, off a green loss tip pass. Outside, Akella Witherspoon, definitely not. Um, you know, Jason Verrett, haven't seen it this year. Who knows with Jamar Taylor, whatever. But our linebackers, Quan Alexander, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, that's where a turnover could happen. And in fact, I think it is going to happen. One of our linebackers, prediction uh, a little early here, one of our linebackers is getting a pick. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Um, anyway, players to exploit, uh, exploit. Their running backs are bad. Miles um, Gaskin is their starter now. He's an undersized, um, kind of quick hitter. He's tough. He plays really, really tough. But their blocking's not great. Um I'm not a big fan. Brita, who I think is probably their best, we're very familiar with. But again, the offensive line and the scheme just don't really fit and don't allow him to get his you know, his speed going. Hopefully that continues this week. Tight ends are bad. Mike Kaseki is a good receiving tight end. He hates contact. Very similar to what we saw last week with... Um, goodness, what's his name? Zach Ertz, who hates contact and blocking. That's Mike Kaseki. Same thing. So I hope we just, you know, put Quan on him and let him do the exact same thing that he did to Zach Ertz last week. My favorite matchup to watch on this side of the ball, freaking Fred Warner, one of the best awareness film study guys in the NFL at the linebacker position. He's playing all pro level. Um, him against Ryan Fitzpatrick because that's, that's what we're going to see. Because when we lost Nick Bosa, we had to change to bring in more kind of created pass rush, right? With blitzes and manufactured pass rush is probably the best way to say it. Fred Warner's been blitzing like crazy, and he's been very effective at it. So uh, curious to see what that's going to be, if Fred can get the blitz there in time uh, before Fitzpatrick diagnoses it and you know hits the, the open receiver. So that's going to be fun. Now let's talk Vegas lines, where the spread's at, negative nine, over-unders at 50 and a half points, which is rough. Because the 49ers have not allowed a team to score more than 25 points this year through four weeks. Uh, one of only three teams in the NFL to do that. Uh, the Chiefs and the Steelers are the only two. So do we think that the Dolphins can put up 25 points? I don't think so. Um, I think that they'll get close. And I think they'll get close because of garbage time. I, I, I could totally see the 49ers getting a decent lead in the first half and then Fitzpatrick doing what he does and, you know, whatever else. Also, the coaching staff has already hinted they're starting to think about putting in their new quarterback. 
Um, so, you know, we could see Tua out there, which would be a lot of fun. We have, um, hopefully the game gets so out of hand, they have to put Tua in. I'm kind of rooting for Tua to do relatively well, uh, long-term. I just think he's a good kid. I like the way he plays, but we'll have to see what happens there. Um, now let's get into our bet of the week. Before we do that, we got to hear from our sponsor, my bookie. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL and the NBA, they're back. They're in full swing, which can only mean one thing. It's a winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting whenever I'm putting my money on it. And if you've been betting with us, we've been doing very, very well so far this year. So stick with us. Bet on it. Use all the knowledge that we have. And let's be successful. And here's the deal. Right now... They have $100,000, you heard me, $100,000 super contest for only $10 entry. 10 bucks. You can win all that money. They're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You would be crazy not to jump in there with all your knowledge. $10 to win thousands, sign me up. You too can make up and sign up at my bookie. And here's the deal. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means... You put in $100, they're going to give you $100. Rollovers will be included in that, and if you have questions, please call their customer service. They'll help you with that. But the NFL, NBA, MLB, they've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started, and if you've wanted to jump in with us, now's the best time. Head to mybookie.ag, promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your initial deposit. Thanks for the support, MyBookie. All right, I've got a three-team teaser for you this week. I'm pretty excited about, okay? Uh, here's the deal. So you head over to my bookie. You click on one of the games to spread. So the 49ers spread, right? You click on negative nine, but we're not taking negative nine. I don't like that. It's too many points. Okay, I don't want to give up that many points. You click on negative nine. Then you pick your second game that you also want to combine with that, and that's going to open up all the options on my bookie for you. The next game I'm taking is the Vikings against the Seahawks. Okay, now the Vikings are plus seven and a half against the Seahawks. So once you click that plus seven and a half, then you're going to see the option to click teaser. Click teaser. I'm changing it to six and a half points. Okay, so here's here's my three teams. I'm taking 49ers, Vikings, and Colts versus the Browns. Listen to the point totals that change once you do the, the, the teaser. The reason why I like teasers is because I'm betting with Vegas, not against them. Okay, uh, that's the idea. Now, the, the downside is all three of these things have to work to get paid. But listen to the numbers, okay? After the six-and-a-half point uh, <laughs> change, 49ers minus two-and-a-half. 49ers win by a field goal. We win that one, which I think is going to happen. Vikings get 14 points against the Seahawks. Are you kidding me? Absolutely love that. Seahawks haven't won a game by 13 points all year. Vikings are coming off a couple of very, very strong games. Um and Vikings play close. <laughs> they don't get blown out by anybody. Now, I do think Seattle will probably win that game, but uh, maybe just in the honor of Kirk Cousins and his love, uh, which is returned from Kyle Shanahan, he will do us a favor and get a victory there. And the last game is the Colts versus the Browns. Pretty excited about this one. One, I think the Colts are one of the better teams in the NFL. It's a pick'em game. So the Colts get six and a half points. Okay, so the Browns will have to win by a full touchdown. And here's the deal. They don't have Nick Chubb, and the Colts are for real. Best defense in the NFL. I don't believe in Baker. Uh, their offensive line is playing better, but the Colts, I think, will help return them to where Baker Mayfield belongs. And even if the Browns are either hot or cold, let's say the Browns jump out to a huge lead. We saw what happened. They almost lost that game <laughs> despite being up by like 28 points. So I think eventually defense uh, will find a way to get back in that. I got the Colts plus six and a half. So put $10 down. If those three things happen, you get $23.50 back. So uh, pretty excited about that bet. And before we get into our questions and answers, which we're going to do right after this next uh, thing, and our prediction and keys to the game, listen to the segue that we're doing. We just talked about, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing this. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, rest in peace, my, my comments. The Browns lost their running back one. Nick Chubb is out. So what happens and what do you do if you don't have a chub? Here you go. 
This episode is brought to you by Bluetooth. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence. And all you have to do is head over to bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And you can take it anytime, day or night, empty stomach, whatever. It's there for you. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor. There's no office. You don't have to go to the awkward waiting line. There's none of that. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the United States. And that helps them be even cheaper than going to a pharmacy because they ship it to you directly. So here's what you have to do. Head to bluechew.com, use promo code 49ers, like always, 49ERS, and your first is on the house. It's free. All you have to do is put up five bucks to cover shipping to get it to you. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code 49ers, to go out there and give it a shot. Thank you for your support, Blue Chew. Really do appreciate it. Head over there, bluechew.com. I apologize for that, guys. Sometimes I just can't help myself, man. I can't help it. Um, now let's get to some questions and answers, and then we'll finish up with our predictions, keys to the game, um, and that'll do it for this week. And then, of course, every single time, right after game time, okay, right after game time, uh, for some reason the 49ers haven't been airing um, <laughs> the away game press conferences. So usually we go as soon as the Kyle Shanahan press conference is over, we hit go live, uh, but we're home now. So I don't see a reason why they won't. So uh, we'll wait until after the press conference. But if they're not airing the press conference, then we'll just go live right then and there. So uh, make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is you listen, so that you can join us live. Now let's go through some questions. I love it. From Nick, do you think Jimmy will have a cleaner pocket uh, than in previous games? Or will he still be under major pressure? Yes, I do think it will be better. Here's the main difference. In pocket awareness between Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins. If Nick Mullins feels any pressure whatsoever, he escapes out of the pocket. Which, with our tackles, isn't a great thing. Jimmy Garoppolo, he does not escape out of the pocket really at all. He tries to climb. He climbs and keeps his eyes downfield, which you know can be a problem because he holds the ball so damn long sometimes you're like, throw it away! Um, but yeah. I fully expect to have a much cleaner pocket. One, you have Trent Williams coming off his worst game that he's had in a long time. He's going to be better. But then whenever you talk about the assets that you now have at the skill positions, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Raheem Mostert, that calms a defense down. You don't get to tee off. You don't get to have eight-man boxes every single damn play against those guys. So now it's up to Kyle Shanahan. Will Kyle Shanahan scheme up enough, not get to the vanilla freaking play calling that we see in the second and fourth quarters, but keep using end of rounds, keep using screens, change of direction, bootlegs, max protect bootlegs, things like that. Um, so I think it's going to be better. I really, really do. The way that this game is shaping up, it's a statement game. It's a gut check. And I think they were kind of victims of that last week with the Eagles who had their backs against the wall. Well, guess what? Two and two is back against the wall for the 49ers. You got to come out and step up. And, you know, I, I think, you know, let's go to the head coach himself whenever he was asked, man, what? how'd the O-line respond this week to kind of everything that's going on? And, and so this is Kyle Shanahan talking about the offensive line this week. They responded great. I mean, um, to kind of be under the spotlight on Monday night football or when, when everybody, I mean, Sunday night football, when everybody's watching um, and then not to have the success that they're used to having um, in the run game and in pass protection. Um, sometimes guys are going to be a little bit of sensitive coming in. Um, you know, it's, it's not fun for people to uh, get called out like that. And, you know, our guys could, couldn't have been more the opposite. I and mean, we got some men in our group, some guys who are very accountable. You could tell that they came in on Tuesday just on their own when they're not supposed to be around us, just detailing stuff up. Um, putting more work in. Um, it's kind of hard to think that they could put more work in because those guys are um, as good of a group in terms of work and preparations I've been around. Um, but those guys, through adversity, they've gotten stronger. They had a great week of practice. I uh, love how they came out yesterday in their team run, had a good day today on Friday, and I'm pumped to see them play on Sunday. And that's the thing. The head coach is pumped to see how they respond. It's not to the point where it's like, all right, people are about to start being fired. It's a pride issue. 
They understand, and whenever you listen to Trent Williams in his press conference earlier this week, they get it. They haven't done their job. They haven't done their job. How are they going to respond? I, I for one, think it's going to be a very positive game up front because all the issues we've already talked about. I cannot tell you, whenever you're worried about the ball going horizontally with all these studs everywhere, it relaxes everybody. It relaxes everybody. The defensive line has to understand you're running side to side so much. They don't like that. So now you got to get the rotation going. And again, back to this, you know, this comment. I'm nobody you need to know. Ask this. I love that tag. Do you think Shanahan will get more creative with play calling since teams are over pursuing and seeing how the game collapsed when he got all vanilla? You're 100% correct. Kyle Shanahan's one of the best play callers in the NFL, but probably not in the second and fourth quarter. First and third quarter, he's one of the greatest of all time. But it does change. It really, really does. Second quarter, fourth quarter, it does seem like somebody steals his play sheet and he just goes pass happy, pass happy. Um, you know, if I had my way, and here's some things that I would say, run more on second down, throw more on first down. We already talked about that. Man, why can't you do five end rounds, jet sweeps, reverses? They all work. And the idea is he'll do them in a row. The one drive that we did last week, we had a Debo sweep. Oh, no, we had the Debo reverse. We had the screen that went for the touchdown to Iuke and the jumbo sweep to George Kittle. Those all happened on the same drive. The same drive. Not spread out through the game. The same drive. And so spread that out. Slow that defense down whenever they're over-pursuing to stop that outside uh, zone play that you know the 49ers do better than anybody. So I, I think that's kind of huge there. Um, and, you know, Matthew, he asked this question. Now that we have all these weapons back, will the passing game open up? I think that it will, but I hope we don't throw it that much. I want more. He, here's what Kyle Shanahan wants, okay? Great question, Matthew. He doesn't want to throw the ball 40 times a game. He wants to run the ball 30 times a game. He wants to throw the ball 25 times a game, but he wants to lead in passes, uh, pass yards per attempt, which he's usually always at the top of the NFL. You can go back to his time with Houston. He was up there with Matt Schaub, right? Um, that's the idea. So the passing game needs to be efficient. That, I, I think all these toys back opens up the running game, if that makes sense. You just make the passes more efficient, then we get the running game where it needs to be. We just got to get one guy out of the box. We get one guy out of the box and then run the ball, we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. Um, oh, I like this challenge. Look at this from Kimbro. Uh, wear your top five Niners hats for the next five episodes. Let's see what you got. Um, man, I, I'll, I'll, this is something just bad about me. I am all about whatever my newest hat is. Like You guys see this one the most for sure. Uh, last year was the red Kyle Shanahan stamp hat. Um, yeah, I'm weird. I, I don't go back to my old hats. Maybe it's because my fat head gets bigger and then whatever else. But um, I like that, man. I might, I, I'm going to have to try to do that. But, man, I just like this hat so much. I look so handsome in it. Um, anyway, I love the challenge. Um, Niner Drag, how do you think Matt Burrito will do against our defense? And do we have to adjust anything on defense that they have? No, you don't have to adjust anything on the defense. Uh, no, none at all. And Matt Breida is kind of number two, number three. I, I love revenge games. And if I was Matt Breida, this would be the game. If He's got it circled on his calendar, no doubt. Um, Fred Warner's got to be the guy to put it down. And I'll say this. Got to force a fumble against Matt Breida. It's what we need. I love Breida. I want him to be the starter. I want him to be amazing. Not against us. Not against us. Um, so kind of take that for what you want. Uh, Matt Calloway, what have you seen from Trent Taylor so far? Nothing good. Trent Taylor has been awful. Um, I wish he wasn't getting as many snaps as he is. He's not contributing anything. Having said that, Trent Taylor's best games have been with Jimmy Garoppolo. You got to go back two years to do it. But if you remember those five weeks that Jimmy Garoppolo took over, um, you know, the year we traded for him, him to Trent Taylor was a very popular option. So maybe you can get that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, we haven't seen it. We, we haven't seen it. So you kind of take that for whatever you want. Um, yeah, I love this. Simplify coach. Uh, hey, John, let's go. Jimmy G is back. Time to get this win. Make a statement. The 49ers need a statement. 
That's what they need for themselves. Because you're about to get into some key games. Because right after this game, you've got Rams, you've got Patriots. This is our last kind of <laughs> under game, right? We're not going to be favored by nine points for a while. You need to go out and win this game. You need to go out and win this damn game. Um, it's huge. You, you, you got to make it happen. You got to make it happen. Um, let's see here. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Faithful from birth. Love the tag. Time to go 10 and 2. Rest of the season. Let's finish 12 and 4. Yeah, I love it. And you got to remember, too, this year, there is an extra playoff team for the NFC and AFC. So there's even a greater chance to get in. Now, we're in the toughest division of football, but the 49ers are a playoff team. They are a playoff team. We're just now getting back to where we should be. We still got way too many injuries out, but our offense is healthy. I've been saying it over and over again. It's time for the offense to deliver. It's time for the offense to win games. The defense won so many games last year. But we saw from the offense, too, if you go back to the Saints game, right? The Saints game, that was won by the offense. Uh, the Seahawks game, that was won by the offense. So go get it. It's there. Make a statement. Show the NFL who you are. It's time. All right, let's go to our predictions and keys to the game. Jimmy is coming off his best half of football as a starter his entire career. That first half versus the Jets was incredible. Okay, now here's the deal. Do we get Jimmy from week one, who struggled, or Jimmy from week two, who was incredible? And I think, you know, the ankle is a big deal. But guess what, guys? The ankle is fine. Let's hear it from Handsome himself, Jimmy Garoppolo. Nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, ankle's feeling really good right now. I uh, got the last couple of weeks off to get it right. And so the uh, training staff, you know, I tip my hat to those guys. They did a great job with me just preparing me and everything. But uh, as far as getting out there, I mean, we've had the whole week uh, to work on it. So it's feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, love it. Love it. And here's my prediction. I'm going all the way down to attempts. I'm going down to completions, yards. I'm predicting everything Jimmy G this week. Okay, you ready? And hold me to it. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I'm not one of those people that gets butt hurt if somebody calls me out on a bad take. No, it's my take. I'm I'm standing by it. I here's Jimmy G's stat line at the end of the game. You ready? 22 completions on 31 pass attempts, right at that 70% completion percentage. 285 yards, two touchdowns, passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, one sack. Okay, I'm telling you that that's what he's going to do. That, that's where I feel he, that, that's the efficiency. 31 pass attempts. Don't throw it too much. You don't want to get in a shootout. That's not what we want. We want to run the ball. We want efficiency, okay? George Kittle leads the team in receiving. That's not a hot take, but it's not like when Nick Mullins is back there. Nick Mullins can only throw it to him. He doesn't throw it to anybody else. Now we have other options, okay? I've got George Kittle getting 85 yards receiving this week. And I want three plus jet sweeps to Ayuk and Kittle. I want three. That's the magic number. Not two, not one. I want three to those two guys. Three jet sweeps or reverses. That will qualify as well. Uh, Mostert and Jet do a great job in a timeshare, averaging over five yards per carry as a team. I think that's going to happen. Um, now, defensively, kind of hard to predict. <laughs> but I do predict more blitzes. Um, we're up 50% from our 2019 game average in blitzes. We've been blitzing a lot. Um, now, here's the deal. Fitzpatrick versus the Blitz this year. He's been blitzed 45, uh, 44 times through four games. Zero passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Get in his face. Get in his face. Make him throw off his back foot and try to make amazing plays, whatever else. Force him to be the hero. And if the 49ers defense does their job, this could be Ryan Fitzpatrick's last start of his NFL career. And I don't wish anything bad for the guy. I love the dude. Not when he's playing my team, though. Let's get Tua. That's my prediction. Tua will get his first NFL snap this week. Um, and it's not because of injury. I never would wish injury on anybody. But the 49ers defense is going to respond so well. The linebackers will get an interception. I'm not sure who, man. Uh, my guess would be Dre or... Um, Dre Greenlaw or Fred Warner, they seem to be around the ball the most. But one of the linebackers is going to get a pick. It's happening. And Fred Warner, get this, 10-plus tackles and a sack. 10-plus tackles and a sack. 
I freaking love it, man. It's going to be a fun game. I think the 49ers jump out early. I'm talking, you know, up 17 points in the third quarter, and then the Dolphins get a little bit of kind of trash scoring at the end. I think the final score is 49ers win 34-24, to and the 49ers get back in the win column 3-2 and just keep plugging away. But again, this is going to be a game won by the offense. A lot of rushing yards. I want a lot of rushing yards, guys. I, I, th I think it's key. I really think it's important. So those are my predictions. That's going to do it for today. We passed the hour mark. Good Lord, I talked too much. But I love you guys. Enjoy your weekend. And remember, right after the game, come join us. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, we're going to be here spitting <laughs> how we feel about everything. But until next time, guys, stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.